a city prepared. Earlier this summer, I wanted to travel to Italy with my, my sister and my niece, and we wanted to go to a town named Natuno because uh, my niece's patron saint is St. Maria Goretti, and that's where uh, she lived and, and uh, was martyred and where um, her church and, and her body are now. But I had, I had heard from people who've been there that it was worth it. And so I went online, and I booked a flight, I booked a hotel, and the whole thing was a big act of faith. I, I, I didn't know if the city actually existed. I mean, I looked at Google, you know, um, I saw pictures, but maybe, maybe the pictures were just, were just put there. Um, I got on a plane, I, I didn't know who was flying the plane. I, I, don't, I didn't know their credentials. They put food in front of me and I happily ate it, but I, I, didn't, I didn't know if it was poisoned. I didn't know who had handed it to me. I didn't know who prepared it. I don't know who grew it. Uh, you know, I booked the hotel on Hotels.com. I didn't, I didn't know if the hotel existed. Um, I, uh, I trusted that maybe the person who did it had integrity, that there's this beautiful hotel with air conditioning and hot, humid July in, in Italy. But I trusted them enough to give them my money and to get on a plane to a place I had never been. That is faith. You, you mean, Father, faith is believing in something you haven't seen? No. Faith is believing in someone's word that it will be worth it. That faith is an act of trust in a someone. Does that make sense? So faith is an act in a someone. Faith is believing in someone who says, I will take care of you. In the letter to the Hebrews today, we're encouraged to have faith. And the example that's given to us is Abraham. The Abraham, it says, obeyed and who was called to go out to a place that he was to receive an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was to go. By faith, he sojourned in the promised land as in a foreign country. He was dwelling in tents and he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and maker is God. It goes on to say, for he thought that the one who had made the promise was trustworthy. And so maybe the question for us is, do I trust God? Do I trust that when God makes a promise, that he will actually follow through with it? We've all done this in some way, right? Every freshman who's come, or any student, whatever year, that chooses to come to NAU exercises faith. I trust that there's something out there good for me. I'm going to put myself out there, you know, and it'll be okay. Okay, I trust that I will get a good roommate. Sorry, I can't make that promise, you know. Um, <laughs> not, no, no. But I trust 
that God will give me whatever I need to endure that roommate or that, that God will bless me through that roommate, whether it's a good or bad experience, that God will do something. It's kind of like when I stand at weddings now, more often I'm saying, faith, you know? That are, we're getting married. Are we saying that we have faith, that the other, we have trust that the other person will be faithful? Is that what we're saying? We're saying, no, first and foremost, that our, our trust is in God who led us to this day and who knows what's going to come tomorrow and is going to be with us. Do you hear the distinction? It's not, I trust that this person will always be faithful, but I trust that God will be faithful and that God who led me to this day and who's inviting me forward will continue to walk with me. And, and that kind of trust and faith is rightly placed in God. Jesus says to his disciples, do not be afraid any longer, little flock, for your father is pleased to give you the kingdom. That God wants to give us everything. It's like, well, but I'm, I'm just worried about getting an A in this class. It's like, it's okay. Like God wants to give you everything. I'm, I'm worried that, that maybe I won't meet the person I'm supposed to marry. It's like, God wants to give you everything. Like God is not, he's not holding something back from us. You know, I, I see that with college students. Like, well, especially you say we're dating somebody and maybe it's not going the best. And it's like, I, I feel like maybe we need to break up, but I don't know if I'm going to find the right person. Maybe this is it and I just need to fight and make it work. No. <laughs> um, so... But it's an act of faith to say, God, I trust that you give me this desire for marriage. And if I let go of this person, that you actually have somebody out there. But what if, what if I miss them? What if I'm in the wrong place? What if, what if, I, what if I walk down Knowles and they cut through the center of campus and, and it's over, you know? Like, I work with college students, we think this way, you know? Like, right? Like, you worry about this. But it's like God knows that. And so I, one of my prayers to God is, God, you know how slow I am. So I need you to make it obvious. And God's like, duh. And you're like, I know you, Father Matt. Like, I'm going to make it obvious. Like, you're not going to miss it. God has his divine, perfect plan. And luckily, a little fallible, sinful me, like, I can't mess it up. But what he wants me to do is to turn to him, to trust in him, to, to work with him in that beautiful plan. I, I, think, I think that's why you know, we see this, this, this huge instance of anxiety in our culture. Which makes sense that if my future happiness is based on me not messing up and not missing any opportunities and I have to make it, well, I'm going to feel really anxious. But if I know that, you know, when I, live, when I leave the house this morning, I have no idea what I'm going to encounter, but he does. He already knows, and he's going to be with me, and it's going to be okay. Then that means, that gives me a freedom to get on a plane. That gives me the freedom to go to a new school where I don't know anybody. It gives me a lot of freedom because God knows, and he's with me. And he's leading me to something even better.
Do you see why faith is so important? That at the end of the day, it's, it's just trust that God knows where we're at and he's going he's gonna to provide in the future. I, I was talking to a, somebody who was recently married. They weren't, they weren't married in the church, and, um, but they know I'm a priest. And so we were talking and they said, yeah, I just got married and whatever. And I'm like, oh, that's great. And, and I don't remember exactly what happened, but then they said, you know, but we, we're not going to have any kids. And I was like... I mean, they weren't, they weren't asking a question, so I didn't, there's nothing to say. It's just like, but she just said, like, we're not going to have any kids. We're happy, and we don't need that, and, um, yeah, I just, the world's a crazy place, so why would I want to bring a kid into this world? Having a child is an, an incredible act of faith. It's saying... As I go all in with this other person who goes all in and our love overflows and a child comes into existence, that somehow God knew that would happen. And God knows everything that's going to happen in this child's life. And, he's, and he wants that child to exist. But if I feel like, oh, but I, ha- I, can't, I can't keep this child safe. No, you can't. And, and, and something might happen to them, something will happen. God knows that. And God's going to work through that. That God has a plan to do something even better. Well, this child's going to outlive me and I can't... Yes, probably, hopefully. You know? And so to have a child is an incredible act of faith. I know I can't do everything. I can't be a perfect parent because I'm not a perfect person. And God's like, that's not what I want you to do. I want you to father or mother this child as, as I am a father to you. And I want you to trust that I love this child even more than you do. And I have a plan to take care of this child and you. And so, so to not be... You know, that's just where we're at. That's not what marriage is. Marriage is all in, open to life. So that's not marriage, what some people think they have. That in our world, there's a lot of people who are despairing. You know, even, I'm just going to touch it, but these, this is the topic of, of abortion. Abortion is an act of mistrust. It's an act of despair. I don't have faith that I have what it takes or that... I will have the resources to help take care of this person. I feel overwhelmed. I can't do it. Correct. Welcome to parenthood. I, you know, like, we can't do it on our own. But God never meant for us to do it on our own. That there is a someone who's guiding all things to be with me. And so in a world that has discarded God and said, I don't need God, it makes sense that we walk around feeling anxious, despairing, without hope. But we have reason for hope. We have reason for faith. We're given this example of of Abraham that even when, when God said, I will give you many, many descendants and I will provide for them. And you have one descendant through whom they will all come and I want you to give that descendant to me. And Abraham's like, okay, you're the author of life. You've given me this child. You love this child more than I do. I put Isaac in your hands. 
And God's like, that's exactly what you do. And through Isaac came all his descendants, as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sands of the seashore. And it says in our scripture today that God reasoned that somehow, or that Abraham reasoned that somehow God must be able to raise from the dead because if he wants me to kill my son, which was common at that time, but thankfully not, like, it's wrong, that God wants me to kill my son, that somehow he must be able to bring him back to life. That's exactly what God does. That God gives us his son who passes through death and is raised to life. His son who enters into darkness and brings light. Who enters into despair and brings hope. That God has given us everything. The divine essence himself, Jesus Christ, given to us in the sacraments, in the divine life and baptism. That God holds nothing back. And he invites us to receive those gifts and to trust him with all that we can't see going forward. And so, maybe if we look at, I want to have faith, but it's really hard to trust God. That maybe there's two things to do. These may be two invitations. That if we're having a hard time trusting God, Maybe, maybe it's trusting God with our, our grown children who've walked away from the faith. Maybe it's our future that we can't see. Wherever I have a hard time trusting God, that becomes an invitation to go to God and to tell him all about how hard it is to trust him. Because probably we've been burned. We've probably been hurt. We've been disappointed. God, I really wanted that and it didn't happen. And I'm really mad at you. And God says, tell me about that. That the way we grow to greater faith is by talking to God about all the reasons we have not to have faith. Does that make sense? All the reasons we're not happy with him. All the reasons we don't feel like we can trust him. We tell him about that. We let him have it. And by by doing that, it begins to heal that faith muscle within us and we can begin to trust again. It's kind of like, we, don't we see it, students in, in relationships? Like, stereotype, but I've seen it. Like, the girl who doesn't trust men. Why? Because she's been hurt by a guy. And the answer is not to never trust another person again. The answer is to allow the Lord to heal that hurt and to move forward so that we can love and trust again. But the second thing we do to grow in faith is sometimes we just have to kind of put ourselves out there. And so for every student who's set foot on this campus, we've done that. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know my roommate. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what the first test is going to be like. But you know what? We move forward anyways. I put myself out there. Does that make sense? And what happens is by the exercise of faith, we grow in faith. And it's beginning in the small ways that God grows that muscle for the bigger ways. If we want to be married but we're scared about a first date, well, the first date is the way we grow in faith and and, and to the next thing. There's a story that's been on um, ESPN News the last week or so about this young lady who about 30 years ago, uh, she was pretty talented. 
And by that I mean, uh, when she was in high school, her basketball team never lost a game. And so she was highly recruited, and she went on to college. And um, in college, she was one of the top players uh, in the country. At the time, they didn't have the WNBA and all that stuff, so she went overseas. Um, and so she was really one of the best basketball players in the world. But she recognized that she found a greater happiness in God. That, that being the best at something, having all this money, that it really wasn't bringing as much happiness as she found in God. And so she said to God, she was on this team in Japan, and at the beginning of the season, she, she's used to winning, but her team was 0-5, and she said, God, if we make the playoffs, I will give you my bonus, and I'll go serve with the missionaries of charity for a little while just to kind of give back in gratitude. And it came down to the last game of the season, and if they won, they went to the playoffs, and uh, she made a buzzer beater, uh, and she's like, all right, God. And so she donated her money, she served with the missionaries charity, and she went on to discern a religious vocation and join the Poor Claire sisters. And in that vocation, the Poor Claires, who were cloistered, that she basically knew that she would not be able to see or talk to her family very much, and she would not be able to embrace them for like 25 years. This past week, they did the story because she just celebrated 25 years, and she was able to embrace her family again. But the reason she was able to make that choice, to make that action, is because she knew the God who was trustworthy, the God who was faithful, who was leading her, inviting her to step out along a path that she didn't know where it was going to go. But she knew the one who knew the path. Her friend said about her, Shelly Pennefather is her name. She had a cheerfulness and a confidence that everything was going to be okay, that there was nothing to fear. Isn't that a great witness for all of us to know that our God knows us, he knows the path, he knows there's nothing to fear. That our faith this day, the faith that we pray for an increase of, is in a God who holds nothing back for us, but who holds out for us every blessing. That he's got blessings for us now and in heaven, that eternal city prepared for you and I, his children.